0: Piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324 1612. Email tips at CaymanMorrowRoad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands.
1: And I won my vote. And I do something about the discrimination
2: that Caymanians face on a day-to-day basis within the workforce.
1: And I do something about the bullying within the schools. Then you can talk to me. You do something about the unemployed people of my community. And I'm not talking about after COVID, I'm talking about before it, because it's been going on for years. We vote
2: you guys in and you guys go up there and you argue about nothing and make no changes i tired of it, man. It's 2021. I can barely afford groceries, light, like water, and I'm paying somebody else mortgage. You wonder why? Because I can't even afford a house. I got my mother, and my father, asking me why you don't have a house. You Cayman is no longer the and It hurts my heart to say that. Cayman is no longer for us. Why, 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 children are? Huh?
3: good morning, good folks. How is everyone doing? Happy Good Friday. You know, this is part of our Holy Week celebration. Interestingly enough, it coincides with the Jewish holiday of Passover. Hmm. Super interesting. They may not believe the full story that Christians believe, but there's some Very, very interesting similarities between uh, the two religions. Good Friday precedes Easter Sunday, which is coming up this Sunday. And um, a lot of people are out and about camping this weekend. There's so many interesting things about Good Friday. Like, why do we even call it Good Friday? So good morning to Jackie. Good morning to Louie. TGIF it is a rainy day here in the Cayman Islands looks like from where I'm sitting or standing I should say so we're probably gonna have rain throughout the weekend there's a cold front and I I use that term very very loosely in quotes that um, is passing over the Gulf of Mexico and apparently that is going to impact us as well Charlene and Louie are also here for it. Anthony, of course, is here for it. Anthony, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Good Friday to everyone. Miss Morna is here. She says, Happy Holy Friday. And we've got Marva, the lovely Marva. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Marshal is here from North Carolina. We've got Caymanians all over the globe. Denise. Good morning, Denise, and all of Cayman, that you have a beautiful Easter and God always keep the Cayman Islands safe. And she misses home. Denise, where are you? Miss Beulah, of course, is locked in. I imagine a good lot of you were actually out camping. Marshall said he could go for some nice bun and cheese right now. (laughs) Can we FedEx him some? Um, Had you given us notice, you know, we could have totally arranged that for you. So how many of you will be having some bun and cheese this weekend? I think I told you guys yesterday, I'm not a big bun and cheese person, but I may have a little bit this weekend. I bought some cheese last night because my husband said to me, somebody got me some bun. Can you buy me some cheese? And I'm like, okay. Good morning, Diana. How are you? Yes. Happy Easter to everyone. Felicia is here. We've got the beautiful Lena is here. She says, I'm here for all of the info. Well, we're going to bring you some info here today. Alida, good morning. How are you? Jasara, of course, is here. Morna is here. Miss Maxine from Cayman Brac is here. Marshall says it's 33 degrees. Ooh, that's a little cold. Hello, Mindy. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. Mindy Mindy is such a beautiful young lady. Good morning, Larry from New York. The beautiful Miss Joy is here joining us. Are you guys not out camping? Well, I don't mind you joining me for sure. I'm glad you're here. Is there a certain age when you stop camping? Like when the adults or kids, do you stop camping? I don't know. I got to check with my cousin Raymond to see if he's out camping because he's like a big camper. like He's got the double wide camp and different rooms and he goes all out, right? Um, Diana, good morning to you. Leslie, thank you so much for tuning in. 55 degrees in Vero Beach. I want to say here, it's probably, it's kind of muggy, but I'm going to say probably close to like 81, 82 degrees this morning. I don't even have a temperature gauge. Does anybody know what it is outside? Patrice, good morning to you. Hello, Donovan joining us from New York. Jessica is also here. Gina, Denise is in Georgia. Nice. Are you in the ATL or what part of Georgia? Georgia is a very interesting, um, I've visited Georgia, I feel like once or twice when I lived in the States. And um, it's one of those places in the US that I definitely want to Go back and spend more time, Uh, Liliana. Thank you so much. Nothing good about a crucifixion, so it's not happy. It's not happy nor good. Yeah, there's an actual. I was reading up on the whole, you know, Easter weekend and Holy Week, and it's not good in the sense that you're thinking. uh, (laughs) It actually came from um, the term. So Good Friday comes from the obsolete sense of pious or holy of the word good. So not good in that it was a good thing. Um, So this isn't something that people really use anymore, but less common examples of expressions based on this obsolete sense of good include the good book. I think we understand what it means, though. Um, Good Tide for Christmas, Good Wednesday for the Wednesday and Holy Week, um, and it says that a lot of people incorrectly analyze Good Friday as a corruption of God Friday, similar to the linguistically correct description of goodbye. So some people think that it's it was originally God Friday or God be with you sort of thing, and it actually isn't. So you have to go back to Old English, long before our day, when it actually meant um, holy. So it's just another word for Holy Friday, so, but, but it was Good Friday. So, um, yes, very, very interesting hisco- historical week in the um, Christian religion about um, the crucifixion of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. And the story is an absolutely amazing one when you really think about it on so many levels. So the Roman Catholics do certain things. So for example, today, Caymanians traditionally don't eat any red meat, but that's actually a a Catholic, a Roman Catholic tradition that I think um, a lot of Christians have now picked up for Good Friday as well. So good morning to Alice. Good morning to Kurt, 30 degrees in New York where Larry is. Good morning, John. How are you? um staycation and crash the campsites yes (laughs) so that way at night you can get a good night's rest you can you know sleep in a proper bed so I think that definitely the older you get the camping doesn't really appeal to you um as you guys know I spent my formative years actually in the states I left here I think I just turned nine like my birthday was August and I left in September of my ninth birthday and so I didn't really get into the whole like there was a lot that I missed out like the whole camping thing and whatever so when I came back and I discovered that Caymanians love camping especially for Easter I thought it was kind of weird I'm like hmm okay (laughs) unusual (coughs) sorry but yeah camping is a big thing and then the other thing that I found really weird, Yvonne, you might think this is interesting, <clears throat> is that when Caymanians go camping, they take everything, like <laughs> the TV, like they're not gonna miss out on any um luxuries. And that was also bizarre. Cause I'm like, okay, when you go camping, you're supposed to rough it a little bit. Even if it's camping on the beach, right? <clears throat> so, you know, I've been camping in the states. Um we actually did some epic camping trips when I was in university where you were like, really, you didn't have any food. You didn't have all this food to be cooking. You had to go out there and find your food. So we had people like chopping down the trees, chopping wood, building the big campfire, and of course, roasting marshmallows. And it's just so incredibly awesome. Um, You know, no proper toilet facilities, so you got to make do. So lots of fond memories from my camping trips, but they weren't camping on the beach. They were camping in the woods, which is a very different vibe, I think, as well. Um, So Louis says it's 28 degrees in Detroit. Good morning, Irvlyn. Happy Good Friday. Yes, Atlas, we are live on a holiday. It is now 747 a.m on Good Friday, Bronzeburg, Georgia. Oh, I don't know much about that area, but thank you for letting us know. Um, Most holidays, we've actually gone live here since we started doing the live show um, during COVID. And um, I don't know, to me, a holiday is just another day, really. So yes, we tend to go live on uh, holidays and I find a lot of you still here for it. You still want to talk. <laughs> so, Aliano, thank you so much for tuning in. Atlas, are you still in command, by the way? Keisha's here for it. Thank you so much, Keisha. Miss Bonnie from East End. She said she's tuned in and listening. Hello, Lester. Miss Morna says she doesn't like to call it Good Friday. She'll say Holy Friday because it was the day that Jesus lost his life for you and I. Yes, but just remember, it's not good in the sense that we're thinking of it. It's good in the sense of, as you said, holy and pious. Ivan, happy Easter. Um, Louis says maybe could just be considered injustice weekend for an instant man who's crucified for the sins of the world. Yes, like I said, it's such an amazing story that you could... Walk this earth and be perfect, and they're still going to crucify you. I think that's a lesson to all of us. Live your life, child, and don't live it for other people. Good morning, Anne. Central Machine is here joining us on YouTube, Up East End Side for Easter. I know a lot of you love East End for camping, and you also um, reserve your camping spots early. Because, you know, uh, I think most EastEnders kind of know where certain groups camp. If you've been camping for a minute, you know that there's certain groups that are off limits. or certain areas that are off limits to camping because traditionally there's certain families that um, will reserve those. So let me check in with my cousin Raymond. I don't know if Raymond's gone camping this year, but he has definitely... um, introduce his kids to camping early and they love to go camping on the beach and then they take all their fishing gear and they got in the water so thank you honey from cuba um <laughs> Louis says he camps out every day always building a fire Ooh, atlas is back in the uk nice and warm mm, i doubt it's that warm <laughs> Oh, yeah. So yesterday we tried something different. Now I know that we are super, super busy. Listen, less than two weeks out from a general election that was shortened. And so I've got a whole list of goals for CMR for 2021. And one of those things is to do maybe not every day, because I don't feel like we have enough material to do every day, but to do a little shortened um It's not even news. What it is, is like the bulletin alerts. It's more of an information segment for you, what's happening in the community. It's a lot of the stuff that would actually end up on the community calendar. But some of you never read the community calendar, I know, because you're always asking me, well, when is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? And I know that you guys love to just watch a video. So even if that means putting together um a Facebook like putting together audio and photos you just love it because you just sit there and listen and watch and you get all the information it's a little bit of laziness but honestly it is the world uh that we now live in right so it is what it is and so yesterday we did a little I think it's about 10 minutes or so segment giving you all of the information. So for example, the ATM machine and the BRAC was down. So we included that in there because a lot of people traveling to the sister islands this weekend as well. Um, we also included like, you know, all the closures for the weekend. So DEH is closed letting you know about the landfill, like, yes, they're closed and you know, um, you can still do this or you can't do that with the landfill hospital closures, there's some departments that are moving into Road Plaza. So thank you, Irvlyn, um, for the feedback. We will do a couple of them and kind of see how you guys like them. I'm actually going to put the link for the first one from yesterday here. Um, we just called it our daily news flash. But like um, we just did a little bit of weather in there because this weekend... We're expecting at least 30% chance of rain because of the fact that the uh, cold front over the Gulf of Mexico is pushing down. I think the tail end of that is going to impact us. So I'll put the link here. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out and let us know what you think. We like to get your feedback on different segments and different things that we're doing. Good morning, Miss Juanita. She says um, bun and cheese all day for me with mango cranberry juice. Mm, mango cranberry juice. Okay. That sounds pretty good. A uh, big shout out to my friend, Susan, who brought me two bags of green mangoes yesterday. You guys know I love a green mango um, with all of the lovely sauce. Mm, I ate one bag already. So um, I might get to the second bag today. When you mentioned mango, I was really like, oh, yes, I've got a bag of green mangoes ready to go. Good morning to Diana. Good morning, Daisy. Um, Central, at Moritz, okay, sweet, at Moritz camping on the beach, or staying in the hotel. <laughs> because those are obviously two very, very different things. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a good location up there as well. Um, so, you know, as we continue these Caymanian traditions, we also become more and more aware of how much encroachment is happening on um uh, the many, many things that traditions that we have as Caymanians. So as um, landowners want to start claiming right-of-ways and access points, it's even difficult to get to the beach, which no one can own the beach. We all enjoy the beach um, and it should be open and free for all, but they continue to encroach, encroach on that. And someone was sharing with me, let me see if I can find that, um, that photo of beaching many, many years ago. Um, let me see here if I can find it. Yes, camping. I'm going to show you guys this picture. Easter camping. I don't know when this was, but it looks like it could have been like the 80s or something. I'll show you guys this so that you can get an idea. Um, so first of all, on, this was Mile Beach. First of all, in Mile Beach, we've had such poor beach erosion and um, on top of that, you know, there are people who don't think that you should be able to camp out on the um, on the beach. So that is one of the traditions that Caymanians hold very near and dear to their heart. And we get insulted when people tell us we can't use our beaches or we can't camp out on our beaches. And I don't blame you. I'm not a big camper, but you know, that's something we've always done. I think it's something that we should try to preserve and anyone who comes here should understand the culture of the Cameron Islands. So here's a picture that might bring back memories for you guys. The first memory is definitely how much beach there was. (laughs) And then the second memory is look at how many people are camping. The camp's are in very close proximity here. Um, I don't know if these people are all related, but look at that. Doesn't that bring back memories for a lot of you? Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. So Corinne says, good morning, Sandy. Thought you would have slept in late this morning. Thanks for this. Trust me, it did cross my mind. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Some mornings I'm just like, oh, I can't get up. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, can I just sleep in until about 10 o'clock? But you know what? The days that I want to sleep in, it's like Murphy's Law. The days that I want to sleep in, my daughter is not gonna let me sleep in anyway. And then the days I'm like, okay, let me get up. Let me get sucked done. Guess who's gonna sleep in? It just never seems to coincide. Um, Bing says, good morning. Thank you so much. Happy Good Friday to all the Cayman Islands. Thank you. Tom is here for it. Um, Tom says, I'm seeing you spearheading a resurrected K-Man TV. Is that on the agenda for the future? Love what you're doing. Well, Tom, um, it's a good question. Thank you so much for asking it. I am very much aware of the fact that people miss kind of traditional TV, but I'm also aware that there has been a shift in how people get information how they receive and share information. So I think that it won't be TV in the traditional sense of the word, but it's going to be TV using social media, which we all use. Um, I think we mentioned to you guys last week when we were talking about the Tower Marketing Report that, let me just pull up that report actually. You know, we are... According to them, and we kind of knew this, we are Cayman's number one visited website for news. The interesting thing about the Tower Report, in some ways, it's a little bit um, still outdated in the sense that they ask the question about, you know, do you use internet and what do you use it for and that sort of thing. But the question that they didn't really get into a whole lot is like, yes, most people are using Facebook, for example. It did say that. But what are you using Facebook for? So it would have been interesting to see what Facebook pages people are actually visiting. And that was not, that information, that question was actually not asked in the survey. And I, th- I thought it was a logical question to ask people. Um... And it turns out that they didn't ask the question. So they asked like, you know, threats facing K-Man and they give you information by male, female, age group. So what they did say when it comes to the internet and media, 89% of those surveyed mobile devices is their primary way to consume and use the internet. So, if 89% of the people out there, Tom, are actually using the internet for whatever, and then they go on to kind of ask a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff that they're using it for, that means that the way in which any TV service should be seeking to reach people is just like this: a live show. Um, you can pre-record these shows and just push it through so that people can watch it. You know, when we had TV here. the Cayman Islands there's no way to gauge how many people would be sitting down watching the news at six o'clock but i can gauge for every single segment that we do here because facebook provides all of this analytical data i can certainly gauge how many people are on live so right now we have 121 it's fluctuating up and down and then um The beauty of this, unlike traditional TV, is afterwards, you can go back and watch it. So I have people all the time say to me, hey, I missed the morning show today, but everybody's been talking about it, and I hear it's really hot. I'm going to go watch it after work, or I'm going to watch it on the weekend. So there are a lot of people who spend their time like catching up on stuff, because they may not be able to watch it in real time. So by the time it's all said and done, depending on the show topic, um, based on what we have seen, I would say we average about five thousand views at least every single day, and some are a bit more than others. So, like yesterday morning, we got five point four. Um, let me see here. On the day before, it was six point two thousand. And those numbers can continue to climb, right? So 4.2, three days ago. So it just depends on what it is. Some days it's like 11,000. Like if it's a really hot topic or something, you guys definitely make sure that you go back and watch it. So I guess the short answer, Tom, is I do understand and appreciate the need for video content. I wouldn't really call it TV because it's not the traditional TV. But I do know that people love to watch as opposed to reading even. So a lot of what we do on the website, if we have a video, we make sure that we integrate and embed the video into the stories. Because I know people, the brain just loves that level. The visual, the audio, the brain loves that level of interaction. And in fact, you guys might remember that some months back, we introduced a um, and feature on the website where it will read the article to you. And so when we were testing that out, again, it provides you information in the back end, like how many people are using it that visit your website. And also um, how many people actually use it for the entire article? Because you know, you might read the first paragraph and then you stop. Most people, when they read, we're lazy readers. <laughs> so when we read we'll read the first paragraph think we know everything else is coming and we check out well when it comes to um, when it actually comes to listening to the audio the vast majority of people are more inclined to listen to the entire thing and so that's good if you have 80 90% of people who are actually listening to the entire story That's a good feature. That means that people are really enjoying that feature. So good morning to Ms. Joy, Ingrid, and the beautiful Lynette. Thank you guys so much. So, yes, I hope that answers your question. But 89% of people are using mobile devices or tablet. 40% are using a desktop or laptop to use the internet at home. 21% at work. And then... um, Primary location. Some might use, and um, fewer are using the internet. Only two percent of those surveyed don't use the internet. And again, this is a randomized survey, so they just picked numbers, both landline and mobile numbers. Um, I think from the local, you know, phone companies across the board: Digicel, Logic, um, Flow, and. Um, once again, it is very, very interesting that only 2% of those surveyed don't use the internet because I think for me, that once again says that, you know, we, we believe in traditional things like TV and radio station, and people might be using those things, but it appears that the vast majority of people still have access to the internet, which they are using as well. So um, the vast majority of people who use the internet, let me just pick this one up, are using it for social media. So 80% of those, right, say that they use it for social media, 64% for email, 36% for streaming music, TV, or movies, 35% for local products and services to, like, do research and stuff, 27% for local news. But this is where I think Tower Marketing probably missed a little bit like this survey could be tweet because that when that says that 25% are using it for local news, what that means to me is the next logical question should have been when you're using social media, what are you doing on social media? Because most people are using social media for news, but they didn't kind of go that far. Um, they, they said, well, Facebook, like they, they put like the top um, you know, well, they said local websites use regularly. EK trade was number one, then CMS, CMR. Um, I've got a mosquito in here, folks. Ugh, I see him. Mosquitoes are so, Why oh, didn't get away from you to hurry, right? Yes, I see him. I'm going to get him. Um, yeah, so. I think they could have asked, well, when you're using Facebook, what do you use it for? Because I do feel like a lot of people indeed use Facebook. So social media sites, WhatsApp was at 79%. Facebook was at 65%. And then YouTube and Instagram came in both at 43%. But I think that um, Facebook at 65%, the next question should have been, hmm, what are you doing on Facebook? And you would find that there's still that interconnectivity. Between Facebook and news, WhatsApp. You all know what you're doing with WhatsApp. We're all gossiping and talking. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Um, Yes, we've got to preserve these um, traditions for sure. Olivia. Carol says Dart has restricted so much access to the beach that people should pitch tents at the Ritz and Kimpton. So sad what is happening, losing beach access and people living in condos saying it's their beach. We should have never ever allowed this to get to where it is. I mean, let me be very frank with you. I don't care if your name is Dart or what your name is. Um, I think at the end of the day, if you come into this environment and you've got your billions of dollars that you want to invest, good for you. But here's the playbook. Here are the rules. This is how we do things. And there are certain things that we protect fiercely, such as uh, right-of-way access points and beaches. And you can't claim a beach, right? There's no such thing as private beaches in the Cayman Islands. But our governments, successive governments, I should say, have never... um, really done a good job at sending very clear messages to investors about, you know, yeah, buy the condo, but you're not buying the beach. You are using the beach. just like everybody else. It's free to use and enjoy. So as you guys know, Rundown is also one of those Cayman traditions now. I think it's been going for some 29 years, almost 30 years. And it's a great time for people to, um, really enjoy themselves. Um, just looking at a few messages, apparently after two o'clock this morning, there was an accident in breakers. Thank you for that. Um, unfortunately, another Cayman tradition is y'all can't drive. Um, lots of accidents. So, um, uh so one down has been fantastic. And, um, I'm going to actually show you guys a photo. It was, re- <laughs> it was really funny. I went last weekend. They've held it over for another weekend folks. So please, if you've not yet had an opportunity to go by all means, um, do so get your tickets early though. Cause they're pretty much selling out. They were sold out when I went last week, Sunday as well. Fantastic show. Uh, lots of laughs. And there are a few people who were, highly featured in it. Now we were mentioned a couple times, like CMR is mentioned a couple times, but we weren't really like featured. Last year, we were more featured because I can't remember what the skit was, but it involved us quite a bit last year. But this year, of course, they um, focused on COVID, which would be expected and jokes around COVID. And um, of course, politicians never get left out. So there's a couple really good uh, political jokes in there. And you know, you listen, you have to be able to laugh at yourself in life. And you know, I love that, um, that rundown with uh, Mr. Matu. Every single year, they put together a fabulous production. So here we go. Let me show you guys this photo. This has come out from last night's show. This is um, Dr. Lee is actually featured in the show heavily, as well as Kenneth, they both have their own skits. And so um, it seems like they both went last night. Of course, Jevy, and these are all the cast members, production teams, and people who make it possible because there's a lot of lighting and stage changes. And, you know, they do a fantastic job. So there's Mr. Henry Matu, Jevy, and uh, Matt Brown assisted him with writing some of the scripts this year. So they were kind of instrumental and some of that stuff. So uh d- um, Dr. Lee was featured in it because as you guys might remember during the um COVID lockdown and the press pre- press briefing Dr. Lee became a little bit of a celebrity. A lot of you ladies were going goo goo gaga over Dr. Lee, which is funny. Um so they made a whole thing about that which was hilarious. So they had like Rajma competing for Dr. Lee's attention. So Rajma is part of an entire skit. They had Donna uh, Bush, who was also competing just because they were at press conferences. I know that Donna is married and she's obviously legit, probably not interested in Dr. Lee, but you know, it's all funny. And um, they even featured Wendy from CNS. And they featured all of them like competing for Dr. Lee. So there's, I don't want to give too much away. Just go and watch it. That's all I'm going to say. It's really funny. And then there's a whole skit with, um, there's a whole skit with, uh, what's his name? With Kenneth as well. That's pretty funny. So Tom says that was awesome. And I'm in total agreement. But I think based on the popularity of your program, if we had like a 24-7 approach, where you had segments for areas of specific interest, it would be great. For example, cooking, sports, politics. Uh, You'd need to surround yourself with visionaries in this area. Thank you so much, John, uh, Tom, sorry, for that recommendation. And some of that stuff is on the list. So I actually want to do a cooking show where we go into people's homes who love to cook, but it's not just about the recipe and cooking, it's about also getting to know them. So yes, I mean, we do, obviously the election season, our focus is a little bit concentrated on that at the moment, but uh, we do the conversations with segments. I don't know if you've seen those. So when you visit the the video section of Facebook, you will see that we do like, it's kind of organized. So we have CIG events and prep briefings, traffic accidents, unfortunately, Everybody's business, which is our focus on um, small, medium businesses here in the Cayman Islands, the products and services that they offer. We do have the speakeasy segment, which we're going to be doing a bunch of interviews over the next couple of days. Um, Sammy's up this weekend to do his, and then we push those through. We have community events. We have the conversations with segment, obviously this show, The Cold Hard Truth, and then we have like campaign related videos. So go check that out. I think you'll find that we're on the same, we're very much in the same wavelength, Tom. Uh, Some additional content, like our youth show. We want to do a youth hosted and focused show. And that's one of the things that, you know, we're always talking about the young people of the future, but very few of us are actually demonstrating that we believe that. And we here at CMR definitely believe that. And what is super interesting is we have a concentration of fans that are very young. Like, I'm always surprised at how young these kids are. Seven-year-old has his mom calling me trying to understand, you know, where he can read more out news on the website. And I'm thinking, your 7 seven-year-olds reading news? That's fantastic. I know a lot of them are interconnected to us because of the Instagram, which all of our stories go on Instagram and they get very engaged in the discussions and stuff there. But I tell you, all the time I go out and I run into kids like, you know, 10, 11, 12, all the way up. And they're just like, Oh my God, Miss Sandy, I love your program. Can I take your picture? And you know, they're just into it. Like they just want a photo with CMR. (laughs) So they go show their friends. And I think that's good. It's, it's something that we can then leverage to give our young people a voice, first of all, because I think that they have their own unique voices and we need to be um, listening to that. And we need to be giving them a form So that they can express themselves and they can talk about the issues that are important to them. If they want to talk about the environment, if they want to talk about gaming, like, you know, whatever they're into, I say, um, let them have that forum. So we were supposed to launch it last year and we've been a little bit delayed. Uh, We still are working on some sponsorship, but um, I think we left off. We've got a name for the program, which we haven't yet announced. And then we need to work out the logistics of... um, recording and stuff like that. So I've just had someone WhatsApp me to say that they love the idea of a youth-based program. So that is coming. Hopefully things will settle down a little bit after the general election in terms of the world of politics. But again, even on the political front, we will keep everybody in politics on their toes 24-7, not just at election time. So um, thank you so much, Cornelius, who's joining us from St. Lucia. The other great thing about this program is the fact that we get so many international people tuned in. So, you know, if you had traditional TV, 60% of the people who read CMR are Caymanians, and you can read a website anywhere in the world, and you can watch a show anywhere in the world. If you had traditional TV, like when kimon 27 was around, there were some limitations on you being able to watch it. I think they had started doing um, for certain segments Uh, web-based. So they were using certain tools like live stream and different things to kind of push their content online. And that's fantastic because again, as a country and as a community, we have people all over the world. Caymanians are voting by postal ballot. They want to know what's going on. So there are a lot of Caymanians. We have huge pockets of Caymanians in Texas, Tampa, the UK, um, all over the States you know, and Europe as well and other places. And they are locked in and they're tuned in and they often will message me and say, hey, you know, this is what I thought about the program. And uh, some are voting, some are not voting because they have resided overseas for too long, but they're still very much in tune to what is happening here in the community. So we do have some guests lined up for you this morning. We have um, Sammy Jackson, who we're going to be bringing on here now. And we also have uh, Sabrina Turner, who will be up shortly. And Sabrina is having an Easter event this weekend that she's going to be telling us all about. So let me just remind you, folks, Rundown has been extended until the 4th. So you can grab your tickets uh, this weekend, go to the shows. It's only $25. It's well worth it. It's a good show. Great production. Seniors and um, youth get a $5 discount. So you can certainly take them along and they will have a fantastic time um, at Rundown as well. So great production. Good morning, Sammy.
1: Morning, Sandra. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you and all your listeners. For some reason. Um,
3: Try that again for me. Hello. Hey, there you go. (laughs) Hey,
1: Sandra. Happy Easter to you and everyone watching.
3: Thank you so much. I'm sorry that we had to force you to go into the office today. <laughs>
1: no worries at all. I spend much of my weekends sometimes in the office anyhow. So not a problem.
3: Yeah. So Sammy, how have you been?
1: Um, good. It's it's tiring, but um, we're getting near the end. And mm-hmm. whatever will be, will be, I suppose. We're, we're certainly doing uh, our part to inform the public about what our plans are, what my views are. Um, what I'm proposing to make this place a, this country a better place to live in, which I think is should be the object of the exercise for each and every candidate, um, and to figure out the specific things we need to do to address that, you know, mm. to, to make sure we we guarantee that for all of the people of this country.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, because it seems to me that um, there are a lot of people. There's this great divide, and a lot of people are feeling like. Cayman is great, but it's only really great for a certain small percentage of the population. Everybody else uh, is struggling and has a lot of complaints and issues that are being overlooked and not being addressed. So um, you're still, I'm sure, doing a lot of your door to door. How do you think now, obviously, this is your first time entering the political arena, but how do you think in your mind that politics has changed over the years in the Cayman Islands?
1: Well, i i don't know how much it changes it's, it's 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 a lot of the same old um dragging everybody out into the dirt and beating up on them during the you know the campaign
2: yeah
1: um i'm hoping that will change too i yeah. i think that will change with if we improve the quality of representation mm-hmm. uh and we start to focus more on the issues of which there are many it's not so much the immediate that we need to concern ourselves about um mm-hmm. for, for a certain segment of Cayman came society but as you rightly say there are folks that have been left behind mm-hmm. and those of us who have done okay even during covid um must feel um uh, in a certain way uh, must feel motivated to help um those who who have been left behind mm-hmm. i had a Zoom meeting yesterday with with some a local, uh, b- local business group, let's put it that way, um, mm-hmm. who are, whose industry has been shut down by by the lockdown, the closing of borders. Um, they're in the tourism industry. And they have valid concerns that pre-existed the lockdown. Their, their concern is seeing what has happened with the construction industry, that when we do reopen our borders, they don't know what that will look like, but they are scared that there will be this huge surge of of, um, expatriates into the country because everywhere in the world is going to be desperate to do business, to find ways to make money. And if we we let the floodgates open, this is the concern, that they could literally be uh, pushed out of business overnight. And and it's a valid concern. And they are asking for the support of uh, each and every candidate, I think, to ensure them. That they first of all notify them of this issue um, put forward their views as to how it can be addressed um, and um, see if they can can I suppose weigh up who is going to help um, and I, I would encourage all candidates to listen to, to each and every industry that's been impacted adversely by this um, this this lockdown uh, and because we have to be creative because okay. this might this might endure for for a while longer still, Absolutely. and simply dangling a stipend and increasing the stipend, without any economic plan to recover the, the revenues that you will need to, to sustain that, um, is beyond reckless, in my humble view. That's that's certainly not an economic plan, you know. And when I I see all the advertising about a safer, stronger future with the progressives, I have to wonder, what in the world could they do to convince us that the future will be better than the past that they have proven to us in that they are not worthy, mm. they, they, they have yet to produce any sort of comprehensive economic plan. I haven't even bothered to look at the manifesto because um, I think by now we should know those of us um, who don't slavishly adhere to their their um, mindset um, should should see, the evidence should be staring us in the face that what they have done certainly isn't for the benefit of all Caymanians. Mm-hmm. To say the least. So, um, we're plugging away, trying to deliver the message, um, engaging with folks. I have had, I have to tell you, Sandra, tremendous feedback from from those um, many folks that have engaged in the Red Bay district. There's unfortunately not enough time to get to everyone, but I, I can tell you from my experience, lots of them simply want someone to listen to them, to hear their concerns. They don't want a handout necessarily. They don't want that kind of help. They want some assurance that their future will their future and the future of their kids and grandkids mm-hmm. um, is, is assured. Um, and the prosperity of their kids and grandkids is assured. Uh, and, and they have valid concerns in that regard. And when you when you're not in even as a, as a representative engaging directly with them to tell them what what your plans are going forward, then that begs the question, how can you call that representation? I've said this many times before. As a lawyer, I know the first thing I need to do in order to represent someone is speak to them, take their instructions, listen to them, um, figure out what they need to address this, their issue, and then go about and do it. But you it, you, you cannot, that, that start, the first step in that process is engaging with the client. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, the clients are Collectively, the constituency of Red Bay, and like exists in other constituencies as well, where you know you get you do everything you can to get elected, and then the minute you're you're elected, you disengage. Hmm. Um, I I heard you saying earlier there was no public meetings. I know that my opponent has been having yard meetings here and there. Um, apparently, they're not well attended. Um,
3: and I I'm I'm hearing too that he has taken this model of my invitation only which i'm a bit confused at why yeah. you really trying to reach the majority of people and understand the concerns of your people why would you be having these sort of exclusive style meetings where you have to get an invite to be able to attend a house meeting and yeah, how that, get that's an part interest.
1: of the course that this is exactly what this, this government represents special interests it's so crazy. you get to select who you represent and you engage with them and them alone yeah. and everybody else be damned. Wow. And I can tell you what, that is not a governance model that guarantees a safe and secure future.
2: Mm-hmm. You can
1: put that up in 10,000 billboards and that is not going to guarantee us the future that we deserve. That is what's wrong here. And unless and until the current government recognizes that, each and mm-hmm. every last one of them, um, they have a problem. Because uh, here's a news flash. I can't speak to other the um many of the other constituencies, although I have friends across the island, mm-hmm. but I can tell you the Red Bay folks aren't fooled by that. Right. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people that I've engaged with um are insulted. You talk about adding insult to injury. Mm-hmm. There it is. You just you've ignored them entirely for four years and then you 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 come back with your you know your sort of exclusive little um, enclaves of supporters. You have your little yard meetings and then you go away. And you put up all these big fancy, very expensive LED billboards. I don't even know how you can afford to pay for them. Um, Saying this is the only way for a safer, secure future. Yeah. Um, well, We haven't had a safe, secure past um, in terms of security of um, our, the, the economic interest, the welfare of the people in this country, except for a select few. So there's a lot of folks here. Well, let's just say... There's a lot of selected, selective um, groups here who have been given the red carpet by this government, and that is part of the problem. Anytime you engage um, in in governance in that way, you have a problem, right? The country has a problem because folks are going to start to distrust you. That is, you know, that is the real problem that underpins everything that we see now. There's no trust in the government. When there's no trust in the government. Um, they can say and do whatever they want to do, and folks aren't going to be satisfied about that. So there's going to be lots of questions. Mm. Then, then, we descend into this morass of mudslinging that you see now, because the the only thing they can do now, right? Because they start to realize folks aren't being fooled by all all of their um, um you know advertising. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the, what do they do next? They default to that primitive position of engaging in you know, that parochial style of garrison politics where they go after people's family and that sort of thing. Um, and that is a sad state of affairs to be in. If if the incumbent has to resort to that after 20 years in politics, right? two terms, the last two terms of which consecutively he was the head of state, so to speak, that's what you have to resort to getting up on a stage and chanting, Sam, it did, Sammy did, Sammy did. I mean, that's pretty sad.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I tell you. Pathetic. I mean, I, I unfortunately I had to watch that um, because I was working on a on a story, and it was the story was embedded elsewhere in that video. And then when I saw that, because I hadn't heard anyone mention that he'd done that, but I thought, wow, um, here's a supposedly educated man who goes around the world representing us and talks about the necessity to have professional, competent leadership that can, you know, sit with the queen if need be. Um, you know, sit with people in the European Union and so forth to really um, put us in good stead with those um, other dignitaries. And then he sits on a political stage and he does something like that. I was not impressed, to say the least. Um, I guess I shouldn't really be surprised, but I was disappointed. I was very yeah.
1: disappointed. Same here. Same, that describes perfectly how I felt as well. When I heard it, I did. I, someone told me about it um, I haven't even watched it, to be honest. I'm 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 not focused on him and his antics. I'm focused on what the folks the rate they need and what what benefits the the, the wider Cayman um, public. That's that's what I'm focused on. I think that's what folks want. They need they, you know, I, people are many people in this country are in a desperate way, not just uh, in terms of their economic status, but when you spend, you know, four hours out of your day sitting in traffic, two hours into town, two hours back out, um, when you're struggling, you don't know if you're going to be laid off because you don't know what the economic plan, the business plan is of the the company you're working for because they don't know what the economic plan of the government is. And you see, you see from time to time businesses just closing up overnight, laying people off, you know, qualified mm-hmm. professional Caymanians. Um, people, there's a lot of mental strain being placed on the people of this country. And, and that is a sad state to be in this country who so many who don't even belong here enjoys the, the largesse of, um, and yet we have others who are upwardly mobile, competent professional, uh, middle-class citizens who are worried, right? Right, So, I mean When you look at some of the legislative initiatives of this administration, for example, the one that I objected to in, in, in December, right? that wonderful Legal Services Act that basically gives the law firms the ability to move half of their operations overseas. That's what people don't realize that you can now, without going through a competitive work permit process, without paying a work permit fee for any of those lawyers that work overseas, and no one seemed to to know or care in parliament at the time, except two or three people who stood up against it initially. that 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 means, if you scale, if you if you give those financial services uh, businesses which are, you know, uh, global in nature, the ability to move to offshore, half of their professionals, that could also mean that half of the support staff jobs go too. Those are mostly held by Caymanians, hmm. well-paid Caymanians. And if you're in an era where everyone globally is looking, right, this is what cost-cutting exercises, then that, that pillar... Because we have to give the financial services industry credit—that is the single pillar upon which everything in Cayman um, um, is reliant right now. If if we if we allow certain players, that's the other thing. It's a segment of the financial services industry. Um, in large part, the financial services industry is populated with folks who actually want to do everything they can to enhance the economy of this country. They're acting in the best interest of um, the the business model of this country, so to speak. And we had a government, we're talking now about safer, secure future, who castigates people like me who stand up when you see these sort of piratical practices being implemented by way of legislation saying, Mm -hmm. oh, he's a threat to the financial services industry. And my response to that is, are you kidding?
2: Mm -hmm. You're the
1: guys who feel... Passed the mutual funds legislation into 2020 and got us on the black EU blacklist. Mm-hmm. You're the same people who f- who failed to, to implement the virtual assets legislation. You promised the FATF and you got us now on a grey list. And you're talking about we are a threat to the financial services. And you have got to be kidding me.
3: Mm-hmm. And you
1: can you can remove the minister who is apparently responsible. But as I said before, as Premier, Alden McLaughlin, McLaughlin is. The tip of the spear, he is the man who ultimately is responsible for management of cabinet, yep. among other things. So and he takes credit him,
3: for it when he thinks it's, it's beneficial to him. So.
1: You should take credit for that too. He and got us from the blacklist and he got us from the blacklist, right? Absolutely. So.
3: so we have a comment and question from Roger. He said, I'm wondering if, if you were elected, if you'd consider lowering the salaries of all politicians and their pensions, um, become in line with all other people instead of being pensionable after only serving two consecutive four-year terms.
1: I would consider anything that is necessary to, to ensure the um, economic benefit of this country. I, I, I am not in this for the salary. I can tell you that. I'm going to take a a, a hit myself. Um, being honest about it, I have two businesses that I'm I, I'm not going to be able to run. Um, but when I enter office certainly not to the extent that I would be able to. Um, and it depends on where I end up, um, the extent to which I can engage in those businesses or if I engage at all. And, and so, um, yeah, you know, I, I, but I, I have to say this. I don't think it's so much, right, that they, that that politicians, that MPs are overpaid. Mm-hmm. I think that they're underworked. And I yeah. think that they're, they're underqualified in, in, in many instances Right. Because the truth is, if you want quality representation, you have to pay a fair price for it. Mm-hmm. When, but when you see that you have certain members of the government backbench mm-hmm. that have only spoken forty-seven minutes in total, I, I heard this on a, on someone's platform. Then I almost fell off my chair. Forty-seven minutes in aggregate during the last four years. You, when you you compute that, mm-hmm. I think it's, it works out to about four hundred fifty thousand dollars an hour um, in representation. Cost. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's just another confirmation of whatever the government's proposing. That's their style of governance. I would actually like to be um, to see whether I'm there or not. I would like to see a government that actively engages in debate, not shutting people down, not shutting people up, but engage in debate and allow even members of its backbench to address legislation so that not only are the public informed about those candidates, those MPs' views when they come to be candidates in the next election, but so you grow them as parliamentarians. So they they gain their confidence, they gain their expertise, uh, and the ability to speak on their own feet. But what this government represents is a different style of governance where you have one fewer, right, the, the, guy, the head guy, and he does what he says, and he's, he's proud to say that. I Those guys there, they're going to say whatever I tell them to say. He said that in meetings right and and it has manifested itself in reality you can do that you can see that when you look at um the 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 videos of parliament right it's just sad right because no one man has all the answers sandra no one man or woman can possibly have that breath of 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 omnipotence right Mm -hmm. That he he has the answer or, or she has the answer to everything um no one does.
3: Selena says Alden behaved like a drunken fool. I hope he was drunk. Not that it excuses his behavior. How pathetic for a leader to behave in such a manner. He should be ashamed. K has suffered enough embarrassment. In my view, he's not fit for premier or MP. Merstar says, turn up the sound and keep spitting those facts, Sammy. Good morning to Mark. Mark is joining us. She says, good morning to you, Sammy. <clears throat> Merstar says, Salib, poor captain, alone because he's the one. who...
1: It wasn't the captain? It, it wasn't, wasn't even him? No, someone else running in one of the Georgetown districts. I'll let you guess who. So.
3: <laughs> well, we have a couple contenders, Georgetown. It could be David um, or Barbara. No. Because neither one of them contribute very much. And he, David didn't even bother to show up to the debate um, this week, uh, claiming he had another function. But we know the real truth there. Um, He was scared to have to open his mouth. So, you know, what I find so interesting is last week, Thursday, the premier and his um, set of um, running mates had a meeting at Tropical Gardens and he was there to support Frank Cornwall. Now he got up on stage and actually said that Frank Cornwall is basically not qualified for the job. He's no more. He's, he said he's he, He's nowhere near as competent as Kenneth. He doesn't speak as eloquently. He gave this whole thing. Basically, he's not qualified for the job, but still vote for him. here, here this, Sammy. Still give him well, the job because he's a team player and he's going to be there with us to make it all happen. I mean, how do you work your mind around that kind of logic? Because to me, that's just stupidity. That, Someone who's not qualified for the job shouldn't get the job. That's, an, that's beyond entitlement. That's just dumb.
1: Precisely. It, it resonates with what he, I saw a video someone circulated of what he was um, saying at, I think, one of um, Dwayne Seymour's meetings, where he was saying, Listen, don't vote for the smart guy over there, the competent guy over there, the intelligent one over there. You need a, a, a government of unity. You don't change um, your horses midstream and no, all this. And I'm saying to myself, Did he just tell the public not to elect sensible people? Is that what he's saying? Because what there'd be competition for him if he's still there? Mm-hmm. What what and this, this fear that they've created, right? This false falsehood that independents can't work together. Independents have worked together for the betterment of this country for decades, right? He has to rely on independence to shore up his government. The, even the people of the alliance, um, their independence, right? That's how they're gonna be building a ballot sheet. So what is he talking about, really? Mm-hmm. He, he can work with independence, but no one else can, or what? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. I tell you what, independence, we said this, we talked about this the other day. Independence gives um, the, the candidate, the particular candidate, when he, becomes, he or she becomes an MP, to have the flexibility to represent each and every constituency as they mandate he or she to do. Um, and then work for, figure out a way to work collectively with um, the majority of members in parliament to get things done. And if you don't have people, sensible, logical, consensus-building individuals who can who can convince people on the merits of any the, 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 the worthiness of any legislative initiative, then they're not worthy of being MP. Your job is to go in there, right, propose things by way of motion or, or draft legislation, even if you're on the opposition bench, and say, this is what I think the country needs. And once you put it out to public, the public is going to be able to digest it. Once you ventilate on it in public, the public will look at it and say, ah, I like what this this, this chap is, is proposing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to start calling their representatives. This is how it should work. And say, hey, see that Jackson guy thing? I don't really like him, but you know what, what he's saying makes sense. Could you support that, please?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that, that ultimately produces something worth and we, we take a step forward legislatively and otherwise that is the ideal scenario so this yeah. fear that they're you know sort of engendering by by promoting this oh, oh it's us me and my 11 disciples are the only people who can take this this country forward um as if he's jesus or something uh mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 a sad state of affairs um that we found ourselves in here and I, and, and i i i hope to god that in the rest of the constituencies. People see through that as 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 quickly as the as the ones that I've spoken to in rabbi have seen through it because they're not impressed at all.
3: Wow, um, thank you so much. I see Mark saying that he's sent me a WhatsApp message. Um, I've actually received several messages this morning, about four or five, from numbers that I don't have saved. So do me a favor, Mark. Just identify which one of those is actually you, because a lot of them have profile pictures that I can't tell who the person is. So just let me know which one is you. Louise says, let the light shine in the holy day, Sammy. Light has no problem defeating darkness. And mm-hmm. the truth is uh, the biggest light that you can shine on anyone in any situation. So um yeah, I mean, it seems very, very nonsensical to me uh what the premier is saying. And I've said it again, you've got to, as Kay Manion, to say, pick sense from nonsense. And really? a lot of what he's saying is just pure nonsense. It's, it's all about keeping in power at any cost Um, that's why he's formed certain alliances with so-called independent members and again how an independent member can say or supposedly an independent member can say that this is uh that they are independent and yet they're running with the government doesn't make any sense you're not independent because you're already saying that not only will you support the progressives forming in government, but you're gonna to tow the party line when it comes to um, their policies and so forth. So Sanya, good morning to you, my dear, happy Easter. Um, she says, I think this election is getting a bit too personal. We all need to stop and think about the families of those running. Some who are running, I personally pray don't win as too much mud throwing going on, and this is on both sides, the progressives and the independents, some people are planning not to vote. Well, that would be sad that people would not vote um, because of, of any th- reason really, because that's your democratic right. And I believe that you should exercise it regardless of what politicians are doing. And in fact, you know, when you don't vote, you help those remain in power who probably shouldn't be there. In terms of the mudslinging, listen, we spent an entire show yesterday talking about it. A lot of it is going on. Um, we do not condone it. I have encouraged the candidates, and I think by and large, the independents haven't engaged in it. Um, if you have some examples of that, then by all means share that. But the the, the um, independents have really done a very, very good job of sticking to the issues that are facing the people. It's the progressives who are dancing on stage. Show me what independent has done that. show me what independent Mm -hmm. is making up these songs, making fun of of Al-Din like Sam, like making fun of um, Al-Din, like Al-Din did of Sammy, right? There's no other examples of that that I know about in a public forum. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but publicly the progressives are the ones who have been trying to set this, the tone for this election as one of mudslinging. And I said yesterday, and I'll repeat it again for those of you who may have missed it, there's certain independent candidates who have come to me because they're being threatened by, um, you know, people in the marketing world, et cetera, that the progressives has approached them and offered to pay them a lot of money to start a mudslinging campaign. And I actually know of a campaign that was started against an individual regarding their business and the payment of pensions, except it wasn't true so you know you all if you're gonna mudsling you should try to make sure that your information is true um unfortunately the progressives they're, they're not even fact checking they're not even doing that so in that particular case i was personally able to stop that mudslinging campaign from even gaining any traction or getting off the ground because i was able to speak to the marketing individual the person who was doing the video and saying listen this isn't true information and you need to be very careful that people are actually using you for this purpose Um, having said that, Sanya, if, if they want to play that game, um, I am happy to play it with them. I've told the candidates don't do it, but we're here to shine the light on everybody. So if they think that by throwing, you know, mud at someone, Oh, well, um, and, and it's never anything specific. Oh, well, go talk to Sammy's family about what they think about him. Like I said, yesterday, you could go and talk to some of my family members. I'm sure who don't like me, Who would have the most to say about me and probably don't even know me. And I don't have a conversation or relationship with them. What does that mean? That's such a cryptic message. And I would say to Alden, the very same thing. If I went and spoke to some of your family members, they would have a whole lot to say about you. And if they choose to go in that direction, Sandy, we've got less than two weeks now, right? But if they continue to press that issue and they choose to go in that direction, the only warning that I would have for them is as a collective group, they have closet full of skeletons from Barbara to David to Alden, um, probably Mr. Roy is the, least, is the most clean out of all of them. But all of the rest are full of mud themselves. So if you want the people to start examining all of your personal affairs and all of your dirt and skeletons in your closet, then by all means, try me because I know a lot of it. And Sandra, you would know that I was in the progressives and I got to hear all the stories. I know who's who's sleeping with who and who was sleeping with who and what current female MP broke up, how many marriages. And I mean, why do we have to go there? I agree with you, let's not go there. But I think what you need to know is I'm not the type of person who's gonna back down from a fight. And so if you wanna go there, I'll play dirty with you. So candidates, Sammy, when they go low, you go high. When it comes to this platform, when they go low, I'm going to show them that I can actually go lower with real facts, not made up stuff, not, ooh, well, maybe a family member doesn't like them. Who cares? But we can talk about why your family members don't like you because you're actually an abusive man who put your hands on women, that sort of thing, factual, you know, the voters might actually care to know. So I likewise, Sanya, um, discourage it. Curtis is Alden and his eleven disciples. Kind of sad, but Alden does have a Jesus complex, so that's probably a very fitting, uh, you know, description of him. Um, Louis says Jesus gave up everything for all of us to benefit from his forgiveness, and now we have to get the country in line with God's plan. Sammy for premiere. Um, Curtis is agreeing with Sammy about the mudslinging. I agree with her too. I agree with her too. I'm just saying, but if they're gonna sling it, they better get ready. Um, Marshall says Sammy is the best choice for Red Bay. Curtis says, Can you ask Sammy if he really planted piece of corn down the gully?
1: <laughs> you know, growing up, I never knew what that meant, right? It, it, it was just I like, don't know either. Is it something you go we around singing it, not knowing what it meant? But, um, yeah, it has a it has a, 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 a it's probably something there.
3: that's that's um rated R, we can't really discuss until after hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know what it means either. I mean, I don't really know the song, so. Um, Louise says, um, the, the cross represents capital punishment, make no mistake. There were leaders, um, that this happened to Charlene. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So Sammy, all the way from West Bay, we're praying for your success. Um, Sandia says the independents are involved too. All of them involved defacing the posters and all, um, I don't believe in, well, you know, what is so incredibly interesting, right? With the, with the defacing of, of we saw, um, Al, um, Alva's poster, got defaced and stuff as well. You don't know who did that. And this is this is the thing about it. None of us know until somebody's caught. And I really do hope that someone is caught and taken to court and charged with that type of offense so that that can be stopped. I mean, we should have enough. God knows we paid millions of dollars for all these CCTV cameras around the place, right? And I do wish that someone would be caught for that sort of thing because it's easy to say, well, it has to be one of the other candidates that did it. But you don't know. That could have been an idle child even that thought it was funny to deface a campaign um, poster, right? In one instance, someone actually said that it was a candidate themselves and like their supporters, not them actually, but one of their supporters in order to gain a sympathy vote. Listen, we can speculate all we want, but what we can't speculate on, Sandia, is these videos that we see of public meetings where in the public meeting, they are mudslinging and they're trying to attack people's character. That's, you know, Oh, independence doing it. Give me an example of where an independent has done it. An example that you can prove. With Al-Din and the progressives, we can prove it because he's getting on a platform that is being televised on social media and that is being publicly available to everyone who wishes to see it, saying these sorts of things. So without a doubt, I can say the progressives is doing it. or some of the the independents engaging in it? Well, I've seen some of the memes that are in circulation. Um, I don't know who's creating those. And, you know, sometimes I get them from independent candidates and they start circulating them around. I've said to them privately, and I'm saying it publicly, don't engage in that ridiculous list. Number one, you shouldn't even have time for it. You should be busy going door to door, working on, you know, your policy ideas and what you want to bring forward for this country. So even in my opinion, forwarding that to me is a waste of your time. And as you well know, based on the show that we had earlier in the week about Petty Bush, um, you know the vast majority of those things I don't share and I don't post. Some of them I do here and there because they go viral, and you know, we're in the business of, of what goes viral on social media. But, um, yeah, I'm sure some independents are creating those sorts of things, but independents are not going on. I've not seen any of them do it on their platform, attacking people's families. Um, their their character, their good name, or oh, don't trust this person, they're dishonest because of X, Y, Z, and so on. They are by and large sticking to um, the topics at hand. So, you know, prove me wrong. I'd be happy to to see a video where an independent has done that, but they haven't been doing that to the best of my knowledge.
2: Right.
3: Um, so Louis says, community is country, unity, and strength. Merstar says, Sandy, they thump you down, you know. <laughs> Well they can try and Alden has done his best already to take the very bread out of my mouth but tell him I haven't lost a single pound. a single pound um, un- probably unfortunately <laughs> but I've uh, I've been I've been okay and I will continue to be okay. Shirley, good morning my dear Shirley says good morning Sandy Sammy and all have a blessed good Easter. Uh, good Friday and happy Easter and on the 14th vote for the change that we need. and we do need a lot of change. So, um, Sammy, you'll continue doing your door-to-door. Uh, yeah, um, what else can we expect from you?
1: I'm going to try working this weekend on a, on a small manifesto-type document of. Um, I think a lot of folks have asked what 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 are, what are the things you're going to do for us um, or promote for us when you get it. So, um, rather than answering that question a thousand times, um, uh, um, which I don't mind, if I but I simply don't have the time anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, forced something, but
3: You're actually right. going to um, participate in our um, speakeasy segment. And that's basically a video manifesto. So just r- as a reminder for everyone, what that means is Sammy will sit down. He's going to do 10 topics, everything from the economy, um, you know, COVID, uh, education, the environment. And he's going to speak for about 15 minutes on each of those, laying out what he sees um, or the issues and how he plans to address those in a comprehensive manner. And anyone who wishes to avail themselves of the SpeakEasy segments can certainly contact me to do so. Um, time is short now, so we're going to be spending a lot of time um, in the studio recording those, but we're going to get them done. So um, Sammy starts recording his this weekend, and I think it's a great way. Again, people don't read, you know. Someone yeah. sent
1: me, um, I hate wasting paper too, you know. Yes, yeah. uh, well that's that why should... I hated to do it. So I maybe I'll. Um, I, Oh, they, if, they'll get if, it once you do your easy
3: segments, yeah. yeah. And a, a lot of people have been, um, you know, I think the the Progressors Manifesto. They did some kind of online manifesto. Um, someone sent me a snippet of it, and they're like, "Oh, look at all the typos in this." And I had a little bit of chuckle over that. I'm like, whatever, you know, we all make typos and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, by and large, most people are going to have electronic uh, manifestos available, maybe on a website, but I know that the vast majority of you simply do not read. So it's almost a waste of time doing it in that format. Um, that's why the chamber forums are so important for people to participate in because you really get to hear people, the candidates themselves answer the questions as comprehensively as, as they can. And it has really made a difference. I mean, there've been some standout, um, individuals who are running for public office this time around that really and truly the reason why they're standing out is because of their performance at the chamber um candidates forum and one such example of that has been elvis and cayman brock i mean elvis all of a sudden he's having a meeting and 130 150 of you're tuned into his meeting and he's actually pulling in more numbers live streaming a meeting than the progressives are With their live stream, which I think is fantastic because it really demonstrates, um, you know, even what we've done here in the context of news, it can be very grassroots in terms of how you deliver it. And the message will still get out there and the people will still pay attention. They don't need this big, fancy production that's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. You just need a platform where the people can be reached and they will watch and they will listen and they will pay attention.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, Sandra. People are sick of, of the antics and the and and the all of the fluff. Um they don't want a a, a concert. They want to hear what, what's going to happen. They they they're um they're on a fact-finding mission. Now they've had enough of promises that haven't been delivered on, I think. And they instinctively have resorted to that position of tell me what you're going to do. Mm. Tell me, don't tell me what the problems are, because I know what they are. Um tell me how you're going to address them. And you know, we, we we look at there's a number of things that we need to immediately move on um, as a new government. Things like, you know, introducing, reintroducing sustainability and enhancing it um, into development by by we are managing, creating and managing a, a proper infrastructure plan. And that includes things like drainage because we are a flat, low-lying country in, in, in most part. Um, so we need to address that. Sea, sea levels are rising. Um, we need to protect those environmentally sensitive areas, absolutely protect them, not not um, through some nebulous process that you have to sort of convince the planning board. So you, you, we need national parks here, right? There, there's some pretty obvious ones: Hate of Barkers, Central Mangrove Wetlands, Salinas Reserve, um, uh, probably the Mastic Trail, I think, um, the Meager Bay Area, um, etc. cetera. At once th- those have been identified and any private properties have been purchased because i think you have to do that then we can protect them in a meaningful way by vesting them in perpetuity in in a sort of national parks type entity mm-hmm. um that that manages them and protects them and you can have you know obviously interactive zones where where kids can be taken to to, to you know to view nature like how i got to view it when i was growing up because that's quickly disappearing and then that all of that sort of works in tandem with the the plan and control regime, where we have development for um, the people of this country, right? I want to read to you something. Been, I've been saying this in many meetings, right? This is the development plan. Let me show you what it looks like. This one's pretty battered because it's been around since 97. I literally got one of the first ones that came up after we amended it, right? And it says, under the, the objectives, the stated objectives on page two, it says, the general aim of the plan is to maintain and enhance the quality of life in the Cayman Islands by effectively directing development so as to safeguard the economic, cultural, social, and general welfare of the people and subject there to the environment. Then it goes on to talk about strategies to accommodate the present and future population of the Cayman Islands to the best advantage having regard to the quality of life and the economic well-being of the people and to their individual requirements, to preserve natural assets of the island for their value and protection from the elements and their natural beauty, to minimize road traffic congestion in the islands by the introduction of a prudent transportation planning initiative um protect areas of environmental significance and so on mm-hmm. that's sustainable development sandra defined we already have it but we've ignored it right mm-hmm. we need to find a way to make sure that that is enforced because as i keep saying a lot of the problems we have in this country are, you can be put down to the lack of political will to enforce the legislative initiatives and the legislative frameworks that we have to to govern those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that's a big topic that needs to be approached on a wholesale level, so that we we are we we can take that giant step forward in the right direction to not only make sure that we are developing for Caymanians, as is required by our national development plan, but which was unanimously approved by the way in nineteen ninety seven by the, the la um and and move forward from there then we need to do whatever we need to do to to protect the financial services industry make sure that we're proactive and not reactive Mm -hmm. make sure that we we represent ourselves um, as best we can to all of the relevant authorities because it it appears from speaking to industry experts i'm not one of them but i i have a lot of them that i have spoken to uh whose opinions i represent and although there are some divergent positions within the industry, particularly between the legal side and the accounting side, generally speaking, I think one area there at is that we don't have uh, enough um, representation, positive representation, for example, in the EU parliament. Those sorts of things we need to look at to shore up the financial services industry because it is important um, and we need to protect it from certain predatory practices. That are um, designed to ensure the profits of a handful of people in the industry, which but which um, in turn expose the whole industry to risk. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that have been done, right, and swept under the rug for the sake of preservation of integrity of the financial services industry, we, if will if if they continue, threaten the, 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 the jurisdiction's reputation. And we need to make sure we do everything we can to prevent that. We need real balance there. Um, and there's lots of very, very smart folks in that industry who are, who, who are willing to lend their competence for free, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To make sure that the industry that they belong to, that they make money from, um, is is shored up and protected. Then we got to fix the broken education system. Mm-hmm. No question that's broken. I've said many times now, just a cursory read through the educational legislation, you see that this this tripartite um, I call it legislative dysfunction model that they have, where you have a minister, a basically a politician having direct in, um, uh, influence over um, is, uh, educational issues, with a council that does does not does not have, in my view, wide enough powers to do what it needs to do. That needs to sort of metamorphosize into a, a, a more modern structure where you have a education regulatory authority with competent People on it with relevant experience, that, um and you, and you have right now competent people in the council, so they could sort of transition into that. And you, we move forward with that sort of model where there is no direct political interference in education. So that is one of the things that I believe we, because politicians tend to come and go, and vagaries of politics, as such, in Cayman, that you can have a, a paradigm shift in policy right overnight you can have you can end up uh, uh, electing and then appointing a, a education minister who, is, who knows nothing about education making s- some fastidious decisions that impact education for decades because it takes a while to recover and you don't even see the the adverse effects until kids start to graduate with you know lower grades um, higher rate of illiteracy that sort of thing that we are seeing now we need to be, make sure that we have a, a as perfect a plan as possible to mm-hmm. govern the education system. And and, and we, we put whatever resources we need, and I'm not just talking about spending a lot of money on fancy buildings because that's all fine and well, but a, a building does not a school make, right? Um, we need, you know, the, the, the quality of resources that are necessary in terms of teachers, et cetera, that put in place that we mm-hmm. ensure our kids the best education possible. We are a first world country. We have lots of wealth here. Um, One of the wealthiest countries on earth, one of the most expensive countries on earth. We should have a much higher degree of education. Um, We need to look immediately at things like the future of the tourism industry in Cayman. What does that look like? Because I haven't heard that yet. And the folks I spoke to yesterday morning, they're they're terrified because they don't even know what's going to happen. They don't know whether we're going to refocus and cruise. Whether when when that's going to happen, um, are we going to focus on on stayover? How does that you know sort of affect their existing business model? And they are in in, in the meanwhile, even post COVID lockdown, they are being inundated by um, folks who are coming here with deep pockets who ha- who then hire local to front for them, which is fronting is illegal. So there mm-hmm. there's many ways that their their businesses are being attacked. And I'll say yeah. to the public what I said to them yesterday, on sufficient onto the day, we have anti-competitive practice legislation in this country where you can stop that kind of piratical behavior by outside um, sources. We're not gonna be able to show up and protect Cayman businesses. You know, the businesses that have been here, right? They're part of the economic engine, right, um, of Cayman, and they need to have their future guaranteed too, right? Mm-hmm. They need to be able to do, we need to support local entrepreneurship. We need to ensure that local businesses who have been here on the ground paying their dues, right, paying license and fees, etc., that their businesses are protected from any sort of predatory practice. And we are not doing that. We have failed in that regard. The UK has had that legislation. Just about every, if not every first world country has it. We don't. Why? Is that a, 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 one of the features of special interest representation? Because mm-hmm. what, what folks don't might not realize is that special interest influence over our government works in two ways. It produces a certain outcome in terms of a legislative initiative that enhances the chances of the or the benefits to, that, that would accrue to that special interest group, but it also sometimes prevents. The advancement of legislative frameworks to protect local interests um, because there, there is a direct benefit being gained from that by the special interest group. So it manifests itself in two ways. And the last, the latter is more insidious. You don't see it because you don't realize why we haven't the other example of that is consumer protection legislation. Mm-hmm. So that number of times that we we have a, a, a massive report compiled by some highly competent folks, right? Um, we have a hear draft legislation that's been shelved, consumer protection legislation. We need to ask ourselves, why hasn't that been progressed hmm. in the flurry of all of the other seemingly less important, at least less important to the Cayman population? You know, those folks that are voting right now? Mm-hmm. Then less important to them. Um that all the legislation that has been passed in recent times, why hasn't that been tabled? Is that because the government is also being prevented from bringing that because they've been lobbied by special interests because that happens too. And when you have a, a government that is cloaked in this veil of opacity where you don't even get to see what they're doing and they're, they te- they're telling you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we, "We, you know, don't ask. You're not entitled to know it's a commercialist sensitive arrangement. Huh. Really? You're a, represent- a public representative, right, paid by public funds and you're mishandling public funds, potentially.
2: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: telling us we don't, we, we don't get to ask you about it? Are you Frankly. kidding me? That, that's the, that's that's the, a, the, that's the, the very the,
3: definition of insane, trust me. Absolutely. Let's bring Sabrina into the conversation. Sabrina um, is running for the District of Prospect. Good morning, Hello, Sabrina.
2: Man. Hi, good morning. Excuse my voice.
3: <laughs> um, Not a problem. I'm sure you've been doing a lot of talking and door-to-door and um, meetings and so on. We have a few questions here. Um, the first one says, who was that? Sorry. Yes, yeah, Charlene says, Sammy, um, please can you explain or expound on the reality of candidates having individuals going door to door in communities doing surveys and other candidates? Now we have received, I do want to show you guys this because we have received um a number of um of these, which they're interesting. Um I'll pull up a a few of the survey pages here and then we can discuss them. So here's one called the Cayman Islands. What does that say there? Sometimes it's hard to see these Cayman Islands, something survey. Give me one second. I'm going to try to enlarge these. I'm just going to upload all the pages. So this was a multi-page survey that someone was doing um, across the island that we know every election term, um, For the most part, it's the parties that can afford, because it's not cheap to to hire survey companies. And it is the parties that um, go about doing this. Uh, The information that we have received is this is a progressive initiative. So in other words, it's the progressives that are doing this. So let me just enlarge this on my other screen, I can tell you. So Cayman Islands Public Opinion Survey is what they're calling it. Um, And it has a number of pages, so one of four pages. It has electoral district, location of interview um, district, it says. And then please circle uh, gender, so male or female, age group. Um, do you think that we in the Cayman Islands are generally on the right track or heading in the right direction? Yes or no? Based on the candidates coming forward to contest the next election, are you generally more inclined towards the independence of party politics? So it goes on with a number of questions um, do you believe that the current group of independence aligned candidates can successfully unite to form a government after election? That very question alone to me solidifies the fact that this is a PPM survey. I mean, I don't know how else they could have asked that question, but the way in which they have asked it, um, it's obvious. It's obvious who's paying for this survey, right? Um, do you believe, and it's almost the same wording that the premier has said about these independent or non-aligned candidates can successfully reunite to form a government after election? Do you prefer um, to vote for a person you think would be a good representative or a party that you think would form a good government? Again, um, that question makes me think it's the progressives because they have said, do not look at the, independent." <coughs> sorry, <coughs> at the individual candidates because um, they may not make a good representative. But this whole idea is that they will unite to form a government is the most important thing. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. Um, the Any team, any organization is only as good as its weakest link. And if your weakest link is someone like a Frank Cornwall or Barbara or David White who can't contribute to anything in the LA who can't string any sentences together who can't fight for what's in the best interest of the people how can the progressives then tell you that they're going to do a great job because you have a lot of weakest links in that organization and you expect that Alden and Roy McTaggart perhaps will carry the entire load of all of their government why would you even want to do that to me that's very nonsensical. Um, so they go on to other questions. I think this is, yeah, this is the next page. So the following page then says, um, at this time, who's your preferred choice for the next premiere of the Cayman Islands? Um, and it says, don't prompt respondent. <laughs> so they have Arden McLean, Roy McTaggart, McKeever Bush. Can you believe that he would even make the list? <clears throat> The progressives must have lost their mind. McKeever Bush. He shouldn't even be anywhere near that list. Ezra Miller or Wayne Panton. Now it's interesting that Wayne's name is on there because um, there has been a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, if Wayne wins his seat and the independents pull it together, that he actually would be um, in the runnings for the next premiere. But th- this list is partly unrealistic because of the fact that McKeeva's on it, let's be real. On a scale of one to 10, representing the lowest, one representing the lowest or worst score and 10 represent the highest, please rate the leadership ability of the following person. So, again, the same ones are included in that, that were included in question number 11. Uh, number 13 says that this time is your intention to vote in the next election. That, that should have been question number one because if you ain't voting, if you don't intend to vote, they probably could have just gone to the next door. I mean, in my opinion, but anyway. Um, In your district only, which MP would you vote for? And then they have a bunch of the, um, of the, all the districts here listed. I don't know why some are in bold and then some are kind of like grayed out. Um, It's a little bit strange that they have done that but that's exactly what they've done. And same thing here. They've got like West Bay West bold and then West Bay South and the others are grayed out. I don't know if that was some sort of intentional decision to do that, but all the West Bay ones are in bold, it seems. Um, Let me just see here. I think there's a little bit of repetition here with, yeah, that's still page three. And then this is page four says, if you were able to vote for a political party in the Cayman Islands, which would you support? Now, they have the CDP. And I want to clarify that technically the CDP does not exist because apparently McKeever Bush was supposed to re-register them or whatever. And he hasn't done that because he hasn't cared about the CDP Um, as a party since the last election. And this is why when we talk about party politics in the Cayman Islands, I want us to be very, very clear. What we have is a loosely um, organized group of individuals who take the time to have a party constitution, initially register it, but when it comes to follow through, when it comes to following the party's constitutional provisions, they seldom do that. Including the progressives, the progressives have chosen candidates to run that did not follow the procedures laid out in their constitution. And I'm not asking you; I'm telling you, go read the constitution, and you will see that this is the this is it. And then they, when people started to criticize them, they jumped up and had a quickie um, national conference to say, "Oh yeah, see here, you go. We've done it." Um, most interesting. Is the fact that question number 14, talking about parties, has not included the Cayman Islands People's Party, which is actually a registered party. So once again, you have people who are conducting these surveys, they claim. Uh, I don't care who they're on behalf of, whether it's the progressives or anybody else. And they are not accurate. So they have the People's Progressive Movement, PPM, which, by the way, they're no longer that. They're now called the progressives. So again, another error. They've actually changed and rebranded their names and a United Opposition Force. I don't know what a United or Opposition Force is. Hmm. Is, that, is that an official party? I've never heard of that party before, but you guys can certainly correct me if we have another party that we know nothing about, but they also do not have the, the Cayman Islands People's Party, which is the party that has been registered by uh, Mr. Ezard Miller. So some interesting things, um, Sammy and Sabrina, what do you guys uh, make of this when you see these surveys?
1: Well, it tells a desperate story of a, of a government that needs us, if, if assuming it's the PPM or the Alliance or whatever they are, um, that's doing it, Sandra, it tells a story of a desperate government needing to, to get feedback because they're out of touch. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wonder why do that at this late stage? Uh, is it so that they can then change their message? Mm-hmm. Because by and large, the new candidates are the ones who need to convince the, the, the public of what they intend to do. The government, mm-hmm. um, for good or, or bad, has a track record
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: woefully inadequate one. So you got to wonder what, if the government is bringing this, the, the PPM dominated government uh, of the day, is bringing this survey to the doors of people in the, in the various constituencies. What is the purpose of the exercise? Mm. they're probably the only group of people i can think of um, that would have the resources to do that and certainly as you rightly pointed out the, the style of and the language of some of the questions resonate with um or dovetail into the narrative being spewed by um the premier and 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 his his band um of mary alliance members uh so i i i don't i don't even know what to make of it i can tell you this I'm not focused on any polls. Uh, I don't. I, I think their their utility is, is very limited, um, particularly in this this um, at this stage of these elections. So I, I'm I'm not at all concerned about that. Um, I keep hearing about polls all the time. I know that the elections law say, says that we're not supposed to be relying on that to, in order to gain votes. So hopefully they're not doing that because that's actually a criminal offense. Um, mm. Not that they care about such trivial things, but um, that's what the elections law says. Coincidentally, on the issue of parties, you'll be interested, to you know I I, I I researched this again recently. I know I'd read it before. The elections law actually doesn't define a party as a registered party. You know? It says a, a group of, of individuals united to contest an election. Mm. And, the, and the constitution doesn't define party at all. So okay. it, this is what Alden has used to create a government after the fact and appoint himself premier by abusing section 491 of the constitution because that says where a party wins a clear majority it can it can appoint a premier and if it doesn't if that doesn't happen um by, by we have a majority of those members of that party that wins the majority appointing the premier so if you have 10 members winning of a party right uh-huh. Winning a general election, then a majority of them, i.e., six, can appoint the premier. That's under section 49.1. 49.2 says, it, um, which is interesting, says that um, where there's no such recommendation made to the governor under, under subsection one, the speaker must put the vote to the floor of the LA. That has never happened. But it tells you this that horse trading that is carried on before the speaker is even nominated can't, can't be utilized under the provisions of um, sec- se- section 49-2 because that section presupposes that the Speaker's already appointed and convenes the House. So in, in both the last two national elections, the PPM dominated government breached the provisions of the Constitution in order to form a government. I hope we don't have to go down that road because there is where a certain type of corruption ensues because I've been hearing stories from candidates who are in the last election about large sums of money changing hands in order to bring people across, right? Or to to attempt to persuade people to come across, let's put it that way. And if that is what is at play here, I think, I hope that the Anti-Corruption Commission is ready and willing to, to make the necessary, take the necessary steps to deal with that. Because I can tell you if I spot it, I'm going to report it. So that's not right. Like you, yeah, and then, and then that government is formed after the fact, takes the helm of the country and, and starts talking about the mandate it has. Which mandate? The last election was dominated by independent um, candidates being elected, and then the government talks about a mandate because it gets to bring them in, you know, through whatever means to be, become a, a part of this unity government, uh, and and then moves forward, you know, uh, as if it has actually has a mandate from the from the public and it doesn't. So when you start off on that footing, is, it is no wonder that they have done so poorly. And I don't it. know what if that's my two cents yeah, worth.
2: Sabrina? In, in regards to the polls, um, if you're sitting government, in my humble opinion, new into this game, it kind of gives an idea of what people think, but that can only be derived from how the questions are posed. And it's usually posed in the favor of getting a response that makes your side look good. Um, Where people and and how people stand, I think in all honesty, Sammy, with with everything we have faced because of this pandemic, what you're getting is really from a place where they're they're frustrated, they're fatigued. and, And to be honest with you, the suppression, the dictatorship, that's what I'm getting on the ground. And they are wanting you to steer away from any parties that has a obvious leader or someone with a with a personality that does not appear to align and to to embrace the needs and the undercurrents of what's happening so it's one thing to do a poll but if it is not objective which obviously how some of those questions are posed your responses are going to be yeah that this is a joke you, you can't even a hundred percent go by it because people will change on the day of election.
1: Yep. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I I I don't. I, that's what I say I don't even re, I don't. I can't even figure out what the real utility of all this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but certainly something that they're spending money on along with all of the big. Um, assuming it's a PPM, because I don't yep. know. But if it's we then, don't know. They're spending a lot of money on on things like big LED signs. I, I don't mm-hmm. know who's funding that, but it, it's, it it must cost quite a lot. I, I know what uh, uh, just a posting an ad on the LED billboard costs just mm-hmm. for a, a few seconds, right? Every yes. so often, uh, it's it's, not. Just
2: an, it's just an observation, Sammy. You're an independent. I'm an independent. And what we have to abide by in order to survive legally in the campaigning stage of $40,000 with a group, a party as they're called, and they pool all of their funds together. I really feel that needs to be revisited. And when you look at the amount that they have at their disposal in order to campaign by pooling it together, and what we have at our disposal legally to use we need to revisit whether or not a percentage of what an average party is can be reflected, be it 20%, 10% of what a party could come into a pool that we, the independents, can have similar. That pushes our spending ability in, in, in effectively running a campaign will be. 40,000 is nothing in all honesty, as you rightfully say on PR, um, just outright just doing a meeting. You have had a few meetings. Yard meetings are quite um, easy to, to do, but they come with a cost as well. Getting yeah. the information out there, printing your flyers, all of that. It all comes with a cost and it can be eaten up in a second.
1: You're right. Is, nothing is cheap here and especially around no. um, this time of, of the election cycle, prices are adjusted um, because there is the high demand. Um, that's, yes. that's the nature of the market, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it is a challenge. Um, I can tell you, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna come in on the budget, but um and I, I hope I've 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 done enough um, to tell you the so truth. You see,
2: that's it. If you because of people and the culture that we're accustomed to with yeah. going door to door, with making sure you have these meetings, yard meetings are definitely more preferred now, but yet you don't capture a total audience unless you have it in key areas, like for example, in, in our area. The Kitchen, um, Macross, those big that draw crowds from all over the islands, they come with a cost. But that is something that people are accustomed to. We notice the outreach in in, um, WhatsApp, Facebook posts, you do your your videos. But again, they all add up. How much people have asked, Sabrina, when are you going to be on CMR? Yes, a lot of people are. How can I live stream it because it's not on local TV. Um, These are all things. So if you can't get an interview live because you're not technically savvy enough, like our older persons, for example, um, they're missing out and they expect you to come to their door, to sit down in their homes. You understand? Because that is a culture and that's what we know. However, with this pandemic and us doing our part to keep us uh, all safe, We're using a lot more social media stream to get our messages out. But is it enough without you really taking the costly route of what is traditional campaigning? So I think this election campaign is beginning a change. It's beginning to shift, but we cannot forget the grassroots style of campaigning, which is where we are strapped with with a contracted time in order to campaign. Mm
1: -hmm. You're you're, you're right. Um, And the other thing is, I think people trust public meetings more, too, because, you know, he or she is up there saying to the world, being recorded, what their position is. I mean, with yard meetings, you're able to, and this is a concern that, this is something I didn't realize until someone raised this concern to me in the Red Bay community. Well, we don't know what he's telling them people over there, right? But I know what he's telling us here, because you hear conflicting. He's saying one thing here, and I'm saying, wow, you know what, maybe that's, the big advantage of yard meetings. So, you know, I I take the stance and I'm going to stick with that. Everything I have to say, I stand by publicly. I say it publicly and I'll defend it. If I see that I'm wrong on something, I will adjust my view. But until until that that happens, I'm going to say, this is my position on this matter. Um, I'm going to say it as clearly and unequivocal as possible, make the public digest it, and they can can then hold me accountable for it. Mm -hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. When, when you have these little sort of, I haven't said that, though. No. When you have st- personal meetings, you can say and do anything, you know, because you, there's no witnesses. But, right. but there are a lot of folks, in particular civil servants, who don't want to come to public meetings, right? So you get the odd request for a meeting and you got to go. Yeah. And you know, yeah. a lot of them want to talk to you one-on-one. They have issues too. And they, yeah. they, they deserve to be heard. And uh, so I make whatever time I can. To go and see, and I've got a, a ba- huge backlog of people that I want to see that I'm trying to get to um, as best as possible. But with you know, yes. especially the intervening holiday weekend, now Easter weekend, right? A lot of a lot of a lot of folks, you know, today, for example, I'm, camping. I'm not either camping. First of all, and and <laughs> folks, folks who, who who respect the the the, the holy holiday, good Friday, they, for what? Yeah, they,
2: they
1: don't they don't want you coming knocking on their door to this. exactly, so, exactly. That all takes away from the time we have to do what we need to do to win the election.
2: Well, hey, that's why we're on CMR, because we know plenty of them camping. They took their, motor, their mobile Wi-Fi and they're locked go. in. So for every opportunity, yes, for every opportunity. Later on. Yeah, yeah that's right.
3: Well. Um, so Troy has every, some comments. Go ahead. Uh, Troy says, I don't understand how campaign spending is being limited to 40000 when a social media house quoted a single candidate fifty thousand just for digital content and this is this is very very um interesting troy i'm glad that you brought this up because when the average person hears forty thousand dollars, they think that that's a lot of money and they have obviously never ran any kind of media campaign political or otherwise but they're actually um candidates who are i'm not candidates but marketing companies and media organizations Who have priced their products at such a level that it would be impossible to stay within that forty thousand dollars, as he has pointed out here, if Mm -hmm. you go with their services, it's just not possible. And I mean, one of the things that we have done here on C M R, just for the benefit of our listeners, if we've we've tried to have packages that were kind of like all inclusive, that really give the candidates the reach that they need. So it might you know, include meeting coverage, um, appearances on the show, you know, if they want to do editorial content, like a breadth of different types of things to reach people at a set monthly fixed price so that then they can budget accordingly. And it's actually a reasonable price as well. Because if you think about it, um, the Compass, for example, right, they're going to live stream a meeting for $1,200 an hour, and then they're going to charge you a $200 setup fee. So if you have a meeting that's, mm, say, two hours, that might be the average for meetings, you're already, what, $2,400 plus two, $2,600 out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, that does include staging, lighting, um, other, other people there that you may have live streaming your event. It certainly doesn't include food, uh, chairs. I mean, there's so much more that goes into hosting a meeting. So yeah. a single meeting, I guess, depending on, you know, all of the companies that you have at your disposal could easily, easily run you mm, ten. I would say five to ten grand, just depending on all the other extras that you throw in there.
2: Yep, so you're on you, the money.
3: Yeah. If, so if you were to have two meetings, and then you've got flyers to print, you've got T-shirts to print, because of course people want their little memorabilia from the campaign. All this other stuff. Some people are still spending money in display ads. The forty thousand dollars—it's like, poof, it's gone. Yep, it's gone. Yep. You know,
1: it's crazy. Was, it's it—it's only counted between nomination day and the day of the election, and a lot of folks spend in advance. Right. Uh, that's, that's what I—I've I, learned, um, and I have personally... according about- to
3: um. According to, and again, this is, this is an area that we are hoping to get some clarification on, but according to Wesley Howell, when he was on the program, what he said was, even if you were spending it and paying for services in advance, the test that they will use is when the services were actually going to be utilized.
1: Yeah, I think that's so, right. I think that's certainly <laughs> you correct. You know. It.
3: You know, you can prepay all you want, but if you're using the services from nomination day to election day, you still have to declare it as part of that $40,000. Now, I want to take my hats off to people. Um, Alrick Lindsay is one of those examples. Kenneth, Brian, Sabrina, you got a good head start um, as well. Sammy started a little bit earlier than a lot of candidates. The earlier you start, the number one, the longer amount of time it takes, it allows constituents to get to know you. So I know that some people just hadn't decided yet. They legit had not made up their minds, but some people knew that they were running and they still waited until the 11th hour to start their campaigning and to start, you know, doing stuff so, so that they could then use excuse. Well, I can't spend much money, which is only going to be to their detriment. (laughs) You know, um, Take your time to get to know people. It's one of the other reasons why, you know, a lot of candidates, you run the first time, even if you do really well, you get good traction, you may not get elected. But if you intend to run again and to contest the same seat or different seat in the next election, you then have four years, four years to be in contact with the people, even if you just did one thing or two things a month. Four years is a long time. And I want to point out some perfect examples of people who did this. Chris Saunders and, um, and Kenneth Bryan are the two most recent examples from the last election who didn't get in the previous time. But then they ran again in 2017 and they were successful in 2017 because of what they did between 2013 and 2017. They didn't disappear. They and continued. They,
1: con- they continued to do a good job as well. You know, yeah. Chris, I know for example, I know Kenneth is is is, is a man of the people, that's his forte. Mm-hmm. Um no questions there. Chris puts out videos, I believe, every weekend. Yeah. He, I, I get a copy, he does some some sort of WhatsApp blast, mm-hmm. which I think is is brilliant because it educates the public on, on yeah. a, a wide variety of issues and he keeps them engaged. Um, yeah. I, I, um that is certainly the, the kind of representation I think people want. Yeah. And,
3: you know, Chris, Chris is one of those people. Chris is very intelligent. He's a thinker. And we have a lot of brilliant minds in this country. And I said to Chris, because every Sunday he used to send out the written text and he'd send out this long thing. And I would say to him, I would say, Chris, I read the first paragraph. And as someone who enjoys reading and whatever, sometimes I just do not have the time. And your topics are so well thought through. What you need to do is you need to do a video presentation. And thank God, Chris is a person who can take counsel and who actually listens. Because by the next week after I told Chris that, he started doing his video productions and they are viewed every single week by thousands of people. It's just a consistent message. You know who did it back in the day as well? Dr. Frank. Everybody remembers when Dr. Frank had his show called um, In the Public Eye or something? Yeah. And he literally from the first time he got elected to the second time, he remained in the public eye with that public eye show. Of yep. course it costs money and it was probably a lot more expensive to do it. on uh, A traditional, you know, came 27 uh, format. Now candidates have the ability to do it in a lot uh, more economical way. And then you have the reach of social media that you can use to push your message out there. So, I mean, it's a combination I think of people trying to be smart, Candidates have to understand technology. And if they don't understand it, they need to surround themselves with people who do. They need to understand marketing. And this is where um, someone like a Kenneth Bryan, you know, has that background, having been in media, understanding marketing, the strength of those things. He's able to leverage those at a very different level that most candidates just don't get. And that makes him stand out and and sets him apart from, from the average MP. Here is Pedro saying, Kenneth Bryan for four more. And, you know, that is the general sentiment because Kenneth has done a really good job. But he's also genuine because you can do a great PR campaign. I mean, listen, the government has that opportunity free when they have a press conference They use government resources to push their messages out there that they don't have to pay for. So they're always in the public eye and we the people pay for that. But if they're not genuine and they're still not engaging their uh, voters and pushing out policies that the people care about, it still isn't gonna get them the benefits and the rewards that they are expecting. So um, hats off, I think, to anyone who, who decides to run for office but it takes more than that because we have several people who oddly enough are running for public office and I've never heard anything from them. I'm just like, is this person really running? Cause there's two in particular that come to mind. I'm not going to name who they are, but they show up at the meetings of other people. And I always see them in the food line getting a snack. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? When are you holding a meeting? When are you going to have an online, you know, anything L- look at Elvis. Elvis doesn't have a whole lot of money. But he's having meetings that people are interested in. He's streaming his meetings, and people are tuned in and they are paying attention.
2: So and for the two. amount of people, Sandra, that is in Kim Brat this weekend, he probably had his largest turnout last night. Yes, yeah. for sure.
3: <laughs> um, and we're trying to get Elvis on the show between now and election day. I know he's been super busy. But um, yeah. Sabrina and Sammy, tell us what we can expect from you two. Uh, coming up into now, what is the final 200 meters of the
2: race? Well, for Join me, you. it's really, really me finalizing the people's document and me championing people's document as we know it as the manifesto. And I wanted to avail myself um, to what you're offering in order to get that out in the next uh, over this weekend. I'm finalizing my manifesto because it has changed. I'm having more conversations and persons reaching out to me to highlight, to highlight the fact that you have retired civil servants who were of retirement age when Mm -hmm. pension law and what they're receiving as a pension payout now is based on their last salary. I have had civil servants who've reached out to me despite working for government. They have reached out to needs assessment unit only for doors to be slammed in their faces. And they said that they could not be assisted because they are a civil servant. And based on their salary, um, they could not tap into the services um, or the resources there. Um, When you look at these retired persons who have given themselves, and we did not create anything to grandfather them in so that they wouldn't be at the end of the, the eight bowl or to be um, not able to tap into resources. And then you play a blind eye to their calls and their pleas saying, go to needs assessment unit. But what policies are in place then only turns them away and say, look at your child or children. Do you have a mortgage on your home, for example? I'm paraphrasing here. But we need to relook at all of these these things and have those um, revisited so that those persons who were of retirement age when pension was made mandatory have a sense of self worth into their community again, so that it's easy for them to access medical and 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 get the level of medical coverage that they truly deserve. It should not be a factor if they still have the ability to work. And the system, unfortunately, has pushed them out. When you look at mm-hmm. um at, at all of that, so the document and, and the inclusion. Of, of our special needs persons you have education that we're so many of us are talking about but are not addressing the elephant in the room where autistic children want to assimilate into our public school who, who have been turned away where's the regulations now that the conversations are now being had We are more mature, we are more probably level-headed because you have a great set of of candidates like myself, like Sammy, and so many others that are coming in fresh, know the grounds, know the needs of the people. And um, we're willing to sit at the table with the experts in order to create a more inclusive society, which is why for me, community building will be the root of every public gathering with everything that I put my foot on, with every being of me, it will always begin with the foundation of community building and enhancement. And um, when you look at even the the Lighthouse School, the Sunrise Adult Center, what is happening to our Caymanians, to our individuals when they are no longer of age in order to, to, to have them involved, get them jobs? Where's the conversations at? With including them into a workforce. We go to the states before COVID, and we see publics where they're using children with Down syndrome, special abilities that have the ability to work. Mm-hmm. We need to mature as a country to be more inclusive because this affects every household. And everyone who, are, who is Caymanian, who is living here, have these needs, need to be embraced, and it goes right back to community. And this is why these things I will be championing in, in, my, um, in my journey, hoping that the people of Prospect will elect me, and this will be reflected in my manifesto that will be unveiled in the coming days, and again, right here on your forum that you are providing. Easter Monday is the next big event for me. I'm having an Easter Monday Family Fun Day at the campaign headquarters, thank you so much. And um, that is giving an opportunity as well for persons to not only come out to see the campaign headquarters, but should they elect me, this will be your electoral um, district for for prospect as it is now. that will be your constituency office. So lots are in store um, for Monday. It gives you an opportunity to come and meet me again to address and go into more of the the issues that I will be standing for and championing on behalf of the people. Because I don't feel a manifesto should be my vision. It should be our vision that can easily be rolled out to mm-hmm. to, re- to reflect everyone in the Cayman Islands. Because that's who we represent once we're elected as a member of parliament. Mm
3: -hmm. Thank you so much, Sabrina. So again, folks, um, Sabrina is hosting an event on Easter Monday, so please go and join her. It's an Easter Family Fun Day from one to 5 p.m. at number 33 Marina Drive. Uh, You can take the kids, they're gonna have Easter Egg Hunt, Bunsen Council, Garden Games, Snow Cones, and more. So again, all these things cost money, folks. So make sure you got support, show your support, and at least avail yourself of it. And again, I want to take my hats off to Sabrina for being able to secure an office in her district when the incumbent has said that that has been impossible to do for the past four years. She somehow managed to do it ahead of even being elected. I think that that speaks volumes for the type of representative that Sabrina will be. And if she is elected It will go from her campaign headquarters straight into the constituency office. And make no doubt about it, folks, this is something that she is um, going to have to pay for out of pocket in some form or another. So uh, people, your elected officials, your current MPs have received a $5,000 per per month budget to secure such an office, and they have said that it's impossible. Here is a woman who didn't have the benefit of that $5,000 per month coming from us, the people the government coffers, and she has been able to do it. It's things like this that really make me go, hmm, really. And my
2: last thing before taking away any of um, Sammy's time, I must publicly say thank you to a lot of my families um, who have really donated a lot of the platters and stuff because when they realize what it costs to run this, I am, I am blessed to have been surrounded by people who don't only come with the technical stil- skill set that has been able to allow me from January. Remember, Sandra, my first meeting was January 28th at Spot Stop. Um, so, I mean, I've had the longest haul with the exception of Kenneth, um, you know, who, who has campaigned for the whole thing. But as an independent, um, getting it out there, of my true intention of wanting to run, I launched January 28th, unknown that we would have had a contracted time to campaign. So, obviously, my walk in faith is paying off and I'm not stopping. Um, mm-hmm. My voice is being lost because I'm working for the people, but not being silenced because I'm dictated to.
3: Beautiful. Sammy. I
1: just want to say um, I've been to Sabrina's um, um, headquarters. <laughs> it is an awesome venue. She she's it's well thought, out, well laid out. She has space there for for to accommodate kids who want want who need Wi-Fi, for example, to do homework. Brilliantly done, um, to be applauded. I'd, I I I've never thought, I've never seen anything like it. Let me put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. And and she should be commended for Thank for you. that. I I I I I I mean I'm dead serious about that. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of what I'm Going to do in the coming weeks. I'm, as I said, I'm going to roll out my own manifesto. Um, I don't think it's going to be as as fancy and as shiny as some others that that um, have been out there now, um, but simply because we don't have the war chest or the or the sort of political machinery to generate that. But I want to put something in the hands of um, each voter in, or at least each family in the voting area of Red, um, Red Bay. Uh, I, I, as you said. We're due to do these um, videos. Uh, I'm I'm trying to put forward as many views on many topics as possible. I still haven't covered a lot of ground that I would have liked to have covered. Uh, And then we have the final rally on the 10th of April Mm -hmm. in that empty lot next to to my big sign, which is apparently uh, number 233A Shamrock Road. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I'm going to invite um, others to come on, on on stage if they have time, folks like Sabrina, who I, I honestly look forward to, to working with. Um, I'm hoping that both of us will be successful. And I've, as I've said to her, I'll say publicly again, um, I think our two communities, because they are completely interlinked, need to be able to work together. There is mm-hmm. simply a dividing line, um, an invisible dividing line down the mid- middle of Marina Drive and sort of gerrymandered around Patrick's Island. But the, the truth is prospect, the prospect and Red Bay voting districts are one um, area. It's true. And it's whoever, true. Whoever, whoever gets the seat in those two districts would have to work together. Yeah. And I can tell the world, I'm happy to work with Sabrina. Um, uh, what I've seen and heard from her, um, I'm very impressed. I know she has the heart, she has the desire to, to, to do the right thing by, by, by her people. And so do I. Um, so that, that's 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 all I have planned up leading up to, to the election. I just keep um, meeting as many people as I can. The good thing about that is that that doesn't impact my budget. All the other stuff does. So i got to really type sharp my pencil now and figure out how I'm going to get everything done to keep it in that $40,000 limit. But um, I think we'll get there. And... Um, it's, it's getting quite, quite exciting. Now, I hope that the nastiness doesn't continue to escalate mm-hmm. on the other side and that we can focus on the issues because there's mm-hmm. lots yeah. of things to be discussed. I mean, we, we still live in the best country in the world, I believe, mm-hmm. but there's lots of little things that are going wrong and then that need to be put right. Um, and there's lots of folks that need to be helped, um, um, lift uplifted, um, assisted, and we that is the sort of thing we need to work towards a better yeah. future, a happier future for all Caymanians.
3: Thank you so much. Yes, all right, Sammy and Sabrina, um, folks, Friday is their usual day, and I wanted to make sure, um, there's no time right now to rest. We will rest after the, the 14th, um, hopefully at least for a couple of days. Now, you go
2: rest, we go work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can make sure y'all are working. We're
1: <laughs> so, <been> working. <laughs> Monday never rest, Sabrina. I can tell All you right. that. She <laughs> never rest. I, don't, I don't think she speaks.
3: Um, But I wanted to make sure that we had a show today because time is very, very precious right now. And you need to continue yeah. to hear from your candidates. I, I did not want to even steal. Um, a moment of an opportunity from both Sammy and Sabrina to be able to come on today's program to continue to engage with you all, uh, the viewers and the voters in this community. So folks, stay tuned for more. We will be here Easter Monday as well um have a wonderful and safe weekend happy good friday happy easter weekend if you're out camping folks please um you know exercise caution the rcips has done their best to share their usual safety first message Mm -hmm. over the easter holidays so they have provided um a number of tips so making sure that even when you go camping you're properly securing and locking the premise securing and locking your keys um, your keys, your cars, because unfortunately there's some people out there just looking to take advantage, uh, leaving lights on inside of your properties. If you're out camping, you know, so that everybody knows, well, nobody's going to be home. This might be a good time to do some shenanigans, um, light timers, uh, get your cameras folks that you've got the ring camera and other security cameras that are available that are wonderful to have because they'll notify you right on your phone as something's going on. Um, securing and, you know, all of your valuables and both your residence. And if you're at a campsite uh, clearing shrubbery and tools and so on from your yard, so that things are visible and well lit, uh, letting your neighbors know neighborhood watch. So letting your neighbors know if you're going camping and they're not going camping to just keep an eye out on the property for you. Cause there should be no one walking around your property. Um, you know, lots of great tips that the RCIPS has provided. So check that out in our website. We did share that. We also have a young lady who is missing in the community from the girl's home. That story went up this morning. So I'm going to put that link here as well. Oh. Hopefully she is safe um, yeah. and will be returned home shortly. Please uh, Andrew, share
2: that link. Yes, ma'am. If, if I may, can we preserve and protect and do our part? Um to really show respect to Mother Nature and our environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Please,
2: clean up after yourself. Use proper disposable yes. bags. Don't use shopping bags, which we shouldn't be using plastics anyhow. But in all honesty, if you are gracing our beaches, we say, we came onions, this is our tradition. Let's show them that we are not accustomed and they'll not tolerate squalor. So that means pick up and clean up after yourself so there's no more finger pointing. Let's show them who Caymanians are, that we're clean people and that we respect our surroundings and clean up after yourself. Because if you do your part, when DEH come out, it makes their load much easier. So let's all bear that in mind. And if you've by chance forgotten the heavy duty big garbage bags, send somebody home that are going back home to check on the house and bring garbage bags so that you can clean up as you go. Please, we don't want no big spread in the newspaper with pictures showing how we Caymanians left the beaches and left our camping grounds. Let's show them who we are this Easter.
3: Yes, thank you for that reminder as well, um, Sabrina. Yes, please clean up, um, you know, take your your bags and clean up all of the debris, keeping our beaches um, as pristine as possible. Marshall says, "I think she's gone camping." No, Marshall. I don't know. I'm not going camping, but I will be visiting some campsites. So I've already put some people on notice. Make sure y'all make sure y'all have my food ready because I will let you know when I'm coming. Some Georgetowners and Eastenders will be getting a campsite visit from me, and of course, we're gonna um, live stream some of that as well. Thank you, Miss Lucille, for tuning in. I think that's all we got. Uh Cammy John says, Have a blessed and safe Easter to everyone. And I think that's a perfect way to end the program today. So everybody yeah. have a thank happy. you. Sammy, all the best. Happy, Sandra, thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. See you guys. Um, see you on next Monday. Week.
2: Come on yeah. on Monday.
3: Sure. Um, wonderful. And just one quick announcement, folks. Big shout out to Digicel we are now you can listen to the show on digicel's go loud platform so this is one of their mobile apps so if you it's a podcasting app if you're a digicel customer you simply download uh, the go loud and they posted this on their instagram page early this week and you can listen to her podcast every single day check this out it's like an automated thing um so there's the one from march the 29th thank you digicel for allowing that to be possible they've done all the Work. I mean, they reached out to us and they're like, listen, your podcast is very, very popular and we, we want to hear it. We want our listeners to be able to uh, listen to it on their mobile devices. So, folks, um, check out the Go Loud app. Uh, we do have the podcast, um, the sh- daily show available. You can check it out on Amazon um, Spotify. There's a bunch of different places that it is available. And big shout out to Marlon, who's my tech team that makes all of that possible in the background. But Digicel linked this one up. So remember, you're not just getting the listeners on Facebook and that aspect of social media. They can actually go back and listen to the show on various platforms as well. Like literally, I can go to my Alexa app and say, hey, give me my news briefings for the day. And the first thing she's going to pull up is the cold, hard truth. So there you go. Modern technology at our fingertips. So Everybody, please have a happy and safe Easter. And um, we will be um, live streaming a number of events over the weekend. So just keep your phone on and uh, keep in contact. Don't forget, last weekend for Rundown, please go out and support the event. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, production every single year. And this year is certainly no exception. Uh, Check out uh, Sabrina on Monday for her Easter family fun day at her headquarters there at number 33 Marina drive. That's all I've got for you folks. I wish you a happy Easter. Please be safe and uh, take your time on the roadways and we'll see you guys again for sure on Monday.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the cold hard truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at Road.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.